Welcome to the Mindset Mashup. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow, TV host on Extra, mindset and media strategist, speaker and author on gratitude. And I dig deep to bring you closer to your best life in this unapologetically authentic and soul-centered podcast. The Mindset Mashup is a compilation of real talks focused on epic mindset rituals and routines to help you get after your passion and potential. Tune in each Monday for inspirational guests who reveal their mindset must to help you optimize what matters most, self-love, impact, and fulfillment. I'm so excited you're here. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the Mindset Mashup. Before we dive into this amazing conversation with my friend, Luke Wren, I want to let you know about the Facebook Live Challenge group that's over there on Facebook, and the link is right here in the show notes, so you can check that out. On my website, there's a link that will take you right into the group. It's a closed group. It's a safe environment where you, along with 1,400 other beautiful souls, get to learn how to be on live video, which many of you may be aware of is the gateway to a laptop lifestyle. And it has been powerful, it has been priceless, and people are gaining confidence and clarity, building connection. It is such a cool group and we're always doing really fun challenges within the group. People join every single day. It is quite unique and quite profound and I would love to have you over there. So all you gotta do is click on the link and join, it's totally free. It's something that I feel compelled to offer anybody and everybody who is ready to step up and allow themselves to be seen because I truly think that is the beginning of creating anything that we want. Courage over comfort. Yes. So love to see you there. Okay. Let's dive on in. Luke Wren is an incredible human being. Not only is he deeply inspirational and a very powerful leader and speaker and coach and now friend of mine, he's also someone who truly walks his talk. I had heard about Luke several times, obviously attending many Tony Robbins programs, and we're going to dive into his story and how that all came to be, and you're going to love it. And I had seen him walking around a couple of events. I specifically remember seeing him at business mastery last year in Vegas and asking, who is that guy? And they're like, oh, that's Luke Wren. And then as I started to connect more and more with more people in the Tony Robbins environment, I started hearing their feedback of attending life and wealth mastery events in Fiji or Marco Island or various places around the world and how much they admired and respected and loved this person named Luke Wren. So I was really excited to finally get to meet him. And the way that that happened was I attended my second date with Destiny just this past December, and he was there attending with his wife, Katie, who's now become a friend of mine. And she shared on the mic in front of the entire group of 5,000 participants that ultimately feels like one small family. Then he rushed her and hugged her at the end, and it was this beautiful moment that evoked an electric energy of support and love in the air from everyone. And then it just happened naturally. I met both of them. And then over the past five, six months, 
Luke and I have had an opportunity to spend more time together and at times me, him, and Katie as they travel to LA or he travels through LA on his way to Fiji or on his way back. And then we really had a chance to connect even more so during the Upgrade Labs biohacking conference that I emceed, what, two months back? Less than two months. And, And Luke was able to attend. So... Through the last five and a half months, I've come to realize that Luke is a person that is a natural encourager. He has an awareness about him that really loves to take care at the most humble level. And he's wildly successful, deeply in love with his wife, a wonderful, devoted father. I believe he truly has his priorities and his heart and mindset in the right place. And I'm excited for you to get to get inside that perspective in this conversation. Without further ado, let me give a proper introduction. Luke Wren is a sought-after international keynote speaker, business performance coach, and entrepreneur that started his first business when he was just 19 years old. Luke shares the stage with the world's biggest influencers around the globe. He has over 20 years' experience in the health, fitness, and business industries, and he's inspired thousands of people from the you know, average person to elite athletes, entrepreneurs, executives, and CEOs. He's a proud father and husband who resides in Siesta Key, Florida with his incredible wife, Katie, and his daughters, Faith and Lake. So everyone, please meet Mr. Luke Rin. So welcome to the podcast, Luke Red. Thank you for having me, Michelle. I'm excited to be here. So how is your day so far? Excellent. Every day is blessed. Like every day we get to get up and somebody didn't. So every day is great. So agree with you. Well, I want to share how we met and who you are because there are so many Tony Robbins fans and followers that listen to this podcast. I mean, Lord knows that's how this was inspired. I was at Date with Destiny. You know the story, December of 2017. I knew I was made for more. I was scared to step out and show up and make my moves and all the Tony rhetoric that is just true to my DNA. But ultimately, one by one, I did. And Tony always says that proximity is power. And one of the greatest gifts that's come out of my last real 18 months of being immersed in the community that Tony has built is meeting you and your lovely wife, Katie. So I'm really honored to have you on and to share about your story. Well, thank you. I feel honored and privileged to be here with you as well. Oh, so just to circle back to my comment, I saw you at Business Mastery last summer in Vegas. You were walking the halls, you know, inside the the Cosmopolitan ballroom where, where Business Mastery was taking place. And you clearly were not a participant. So you stood out to me. And I remember asking some of my plat friends, like, who's that? They're like, oh, that's Luke Wren. Like, it was a big deal to see you. How tall are you, Luke? Uh, six foot two. Yeah. So this tall man, he's got big build. He looks like a Greek God. He's got mannerisms, even similar to Tony, just like confidence, certainty in your stride and a kindness that oozed out of your soul. And I'm not exaggerating. There was just a real sweetness about you, but yet you were like this man, right? And you were walking the halls and, <laughs> and I remember saying, well, well, who's Luke Wren? And word on the street was, is like, oh, well, not only does he represent Tony, he is Tony at all the life and wealth mastery events around the world, but he's being groomed to also take 
more of Tony's stages. And at that point, I was just like, I got to meet him. He's got to come on the podcast. <laughs> then fast forward to, didn't meet you there. And I met you at Date with Destiny, which was in December, my second time as I served. And then I got to meet your wife, Katie. And that was it. It was just like, hey, let's connect. Let's see how we can serve one another, hear each other's stories. And that's another reason why I wanted you to be on the show, because you inspired me greatly already in our just budding friendship. Oh, well, thank you so much, Michelle. That means a lot coming from you. And, and I was excited to be on the podcast and, and speak to your listeners today and hopefully add some value. Oh, you will. Because your story is really surprisingly unique, very unique, and also deeply inspiring for me. You're smiling ear to ear. <laughs> and I want to share about how you got involved with Tony, the environment, and then that whole trajectory of how you're taking his stage for the last couple of years and representing him in the best possible way. What brought you to Tony events in the first place or to his work? Yeah, it's kind of a long road. I never had the goal to speak for Tony or, or do anything like that. I mean, I was speaking and, you know, I always had a goal to change lives and, and speak around the country and around the world, but uh, never specifically for Tony. I mean, I ran into Tony for the first time when I was 17. You know, if you remember the personal power, that was actually, I'm going to date myself here, the cassettes. Oh, dude, I'm and with I you. I found that at a garage sale. <laughs> found that at a garage sale when I was 17 years old. For all the listeners, they're like, "What are cassettes?" Um, <laughs> <laughs> this thing we used to have this Walkman, and when it got to the other side, you had to flip it over. And if you had a really fancy Walkman, it would flip it for you. And just <laughs> that play was the Sony the yellow one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. We had the sport model, and and we didn't have all these advancements we do now. And at that point, it was $25 at this garage sale. And I was like, that's a lot of money at a garage sale, right? You can buy a coach for 25 bucks at a garage sale. You know, <laughs> I picked up the audios when I was 17 and I just started listening and I just couldn't put them down. I mean, I remember just the only way to be reasonable is completely unreasonable. And, you know, it just spoke to me and I just started listening to Tony. I was very fortunate to come across him at that age. And I went on to get, you know, all of his books, all of his audios along with other greats, you know, Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, Les Brown, like anybody and everybody, Joel Olstein. And I just continued my self-development growth down that path. You know, it just helped me so much in uh, the early years of adulthood and going along my journey to just have the ability, you know, like the number one thing I ever learned from Tony, actually two things is, you know, number one is state, you know, you, you change your physiology, direct your focus, attach strong language and meaning. And then number two is proximity is power. Who you mm. spend time with, is who you become. And I've been very fortunate in my life, very blessed to run into so many great, you know, even, even dating back to school, so many great coaches and teachers and mentors that would take you under their wing and, and just feel your hunger to, to, to do more and become more. And, and they would just help you. And, and really, I'm just so blessed in life to have such amazing mentors and people around me. From there, you know, I was on my own journey, my own path. I always wanted my own health club from a very young age. You know, my grandfather struggled with cancer and eventually passed away when I was seven years old. And ever since then, I've been obsessed with health. And so at the age of 20, you know, 19, I started my first company, painting company when I was in college. Then I went on to get my, you know, manage my first health club when I was 20 years old. And then eventually purchased my first club when I was 26 and grew it to a small chain of health clubs and weight loss centers. Eventually picked up a couple of chiropractic clinics. And I was just living life. I was like, I get to do what I love every day. I get to impact lives. I get to see the change in people. And then I was speaking because, you know, I started speaking way back when I was 19 working at a health club because I saw all these people calling everybody every day. And I'm like, well, there's probably workplaces that want to get healthy. Like, why don't we just go speak to them at lunch? And I would go do what I called these lunch and learns. I'd speak on leadership, culture, health, 
or, you know, whatever subject they wanted to go deep on, I would just study it and, and help them with it. And, you know, I'd sign up more people in a lunch than most people signed up all week. And I was like, why don't I just do more of that? And that's where I really started getting the repetition speaking and really speaking to what people wanted, not what I wanted them to hear mm. and really yeah. finding out and interviewing companies. Yeah. You know, so many times, you know, you want to speak, but it's like, is it what they really want, need and desire? Right. So I got really good at interviewing these companies like, okay, what's going great. Okay. Excellent. Awesome. I'm glad that's going great. What are your struggles? What are your pains? What if this could get better? You know, what would that do for you? And then I would go, okay, great. Let's do it in 45 minutes. How do you know you'll get the result? I'll get the result or, you know, you get your money back. And I go do these lunch and learns. And at first they were for free. And then I started getting paid and fast forward, you know, at the age of 26, when I got my own clubs, you know, I started doing it more and more. And I was speaking to a group in my late twenties of about 250 people at a chamber event, putting on a seminar there. And I got done. There's like 50 people around asking different questions and, you know, staying after what about this? What about that? And somebody goes, well, have you ever heard of Tony Robbins? Like you sound a little bit like Tony Robbins and, and you even look a little bit like Tony Robbins. Like you got a huge hands. And I'm like, well, I'm sure there's a lot of people with big hands in the world. And, uh, I said, yeah, I've heard of Tony. I said, I've been listening to him since I was 17, you know, with Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar and Les Brown. And, you know, I just started listing them off and John Maxwell and all the greats, or I know you were just with Jack Canfield and reading his books as well. And, and so all the different ones and, and they go, well, have you ever gone to a live event? And I'm like, what kind of idiot pays thousands of dollars going <laughs> to a live event? Like, all you need to do is listen to the audio go implement what you learned and then repeat, go back and study it again, implement some more and repeat or read the book, implement and repeat. And, uh, yeah. Have you ever had those moments in your life where grace just happens, where it's too big of a coincidence to be a coincidence. Yes. And the next day I was playing in the front yard with my daughter, Faith, she was probably five or six years old and she's 15 now. And you know, the mailman came and I never get the mail, but the mailman was blown up. So I went and got it right from, and here is this huge postcard. And I understood why it was huge. It had this gigantic head on it with this big smile. And all I could see is white teeth. And of course it was Tony on the front of this postcard and it was UPW in Chicago. And I just, I just remember grabbing the postcard and looking up and going, God, I get it. And I'm like, Faith, I'll be right back. I went in the house and I dialed the 800 number. And I'm like, Hey, you know, I'd like to sign up for the event in Chicago. And, and I was calling like they thought they knew I was calling, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to give you my name and everything. <laughs> and, and then uh, it's funny, like a week later, somebody in town had, had been telling me for a year, you got to meet this Travis. He's into that self-help crap like you. He's drank that Kool-Aid and stuff. And I went and told him and I said, hey, I'm going to Tony Robbins next week. You want to come? And he goes, I, I can't. And I said, you're right. And I turned away and he smacked me on the back. I know what you're doing. No, 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 you can't. I turned away and he goes, all right, I'll go, I'll go. And, and we barely knew anything about each other other than we were both in self-improvement. Now, to this day, Travis is still a really good friend of mine. And as we went to the Tony Robbins event, I'll never forget it because here I was this person that said, what kind of idiot would spend thousands of dollars to go to the live event, just you know, listen to the audio and, and implement. And I got there about five minutes in. You know, I, I was one of those people, if you've been to one of these events where they, they tell you to walk carefully, don't run. And and, and literally, I've been the guy on the mic saying that before. And when I went, literally, I floated over sections of chairs and hurdled people. And I remember I sat seventh row, right on the aisle on the left side, facing the stage. You know, I was like, I wanted to be right up in the spit zone. And those that have been to a Tony know what that is. You know, you get this <laughs> blessing if you get close enough. Yes. <laughs> and I remember thinking five minutes in, 
what kind of dumbass waits a decade to go see his mentor? Ah. And it was just the energy of all the things. And that's where I live with myself. I kind of joke that I was the decade dumbass, right? It took me a decade to figure it out. But it was just like, oh my gosh, there's thousands of people like me. And back then, it was only like 2,500 to 3,000 people, right? Now it's at UPW's 15,000 people in an arena. And it was so funny because when I sat down there very early in the seminar, like I think it was only like a half hour in, Tony said, proximity is power. And I've heard it on audio so many times. And he, write, he goes, right, three people that you would like to meet or somehow spend time with or whatnot. And I remember writing down on my paper, Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey, and Steve Wynn. And mm. I thought that'd be a very diverse collection of people. And I remember Travis, because he couldn't find a seat. He asked if he could have the seat next to me. And I said, only today, there's other people I'd like to meet here and get a proximity to. And I said, so tomorrow you run to the front and get your own seat. But I remember I'm looking over at my paper and saying, oh, shoot for the moon, Alice. And I said, he said to think big. And, you know, because of the way things fell into place, I actually met Tony Robbins, Steve Wynn, and Oprah Winfrey all within 11 months. Wow. (laughs) You know, just proof for anybody listening to this, when you have a thought, when you have a dream, write it down. Thoughts become things if you take the action while putting the intention out there. And there's so much power to that. You know, as you know, Michelle, I shared that date with Destiny, some goals I'd written down that just 98% of them came to fruition over the years and a lot of them ahead of time because you put them down. Then that was the start of my journey with the live events. And, and at the end of that event, I remember Tony saying, you know, I signed up for university mastery, business mastery, everything. You were all in. I was all in. And, uh, I remember the first time I met Tony, you know, you knew it was going to be a brief meeting when they said, if you sign up for Mastery University, you get a picture with Tony and you get a brief introduction where I remember when he shook hands, he goes, call you a big hands. And all my brain could think of, because I was pretty much mesmerized being in the moment, like I'm meeting Tony Robbins right now was, uh, you know, he said, gosh, you have big hands. And I go, coming from you, banana hands. And I'm just like, did I just say that out loud? But Wait, he just you call them banana hands? Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we kind of chuckled and laughed, you know, and, and I got a hug and, and moved on. And I just remember at the end of that, you know, I noticed all these people walking around in these black shirts doing things and thought, wow, this is a big production to put this on. And he said, you know, if you'd like to give back and help people get the experience you've got, you can crew these events. And back then, dating me again, you had to write a letter. And I remember writing a seven-page letter, taking it all seriously, mailing it in, and, and I got approved to crew the next UPW. And I went to that UPW, and I had watched, and you know, success leaves clues, as we know. And I watched what Tony was drinking, asking questions, what bars, what, you know, what is that colored drink he's drinking, all that. I still got it to this day, right? So when you crew, though, you can get placed in a myriad of different positions, right? So how did you have yes. access to even see the color of the drink? Where were you crewing? Yeah. So that was when I attended the event. I just watched everything he did, right? I was like, he never pees. I don't need to pee. Like, how can I manage my fluids and all this stuff to just go to the bathroom less and, and, and play full out? And so I noticed that while attending. And so when I showed up to crew, I had like six jugs of colored fluids and my protein drinks, and my chopped up bars and all these little things. <laughs> and I was like, now I'm going to be able to even play out more full out. And when I crewed, it was just simple. They go, where do you want to be? I said, wherever you need me. And I remember as Mike running yep. and they gave me a break and I'm like, I don't need a break. And they go, no, go take a break. So I'd run back to the crew. What else do you need me to do? And they're oh. like, what, what are you doing right now? Mike, running. well, why are you in here? I'm on a break. I got, I got an hour. What do you need me to do? And I remember on that event, I got uh, nominated for crew member of the event. Doesn't happen that often for new people, right? Cause a lot of these people for those of you that don't know, have been serving Tony for decades, right? There's people now that have been serving him for 30 plus years. 
which, you know, is really what makes all these events happen. And so when I got nominated, I met my dear friend, Lauren, now that's like a sister to me these days, Lauren Slocum. And she just goes, oh my gosh, like you should do security, you know, your energy, like we need that energy around Tony. And I, and I go, no, 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 I'm not doing this to get around Tony. I just want to help people get the experience I got not wait a decade like I did. And I just want to be part of it. And I go, no, security, me, not talk. I mean, even if you're new to this podcast and the first time meeting me, you can tell I can talk and I can talk fast. Right. I I have a question. So what was Lauren doing or how was she involved with the Tony Robbins environment at that point when she made that suggestion? Yeah. At that point, Lauren was facilitating life mastery and uh, also running the crew for all of Tony's major events, you know. So she Um, had the inside track. She was a person who would be able to make something like that happen. Yeah, she had been in the Tony environment now. I think now it's been almost 30 years. She was back when Tony used to have Thanksgiving dinner at uh, the Del Mar Castle with, you know, with a dozen people or so um, (laughs) and do the basketball grade in San Diego. So she goes way back and she's just an amazing person. Can't say enough good about her. And, And so she just, you know, felt something and said, well, no, 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 no. And I go, no, 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 be quiet and then not smile. What, I got to look all tough and wear a security shirt? She goes, no, 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 it's not like that. And I go, I'm not even trained in that. And she goes, don't worry, they'll train you. She goes, just speak to Jay about it. And I had, you know, three or four interviews with uh, Jay Garrity, who is his chief of staff and, and head of security. And then Mike Melio, who a lot of people who listen to this will know from uh, UPW as well, who has a tremendous Tony Robbins uh, success story and, and just an incredible guy. They said, great, you know, come to the next event. We'll do two events. If, if you enjoy it, and we enjoy you, then we'll move forward. No pressure. And I said, okay, great. So crew, and again, I, I kept asking questions. What's he eating? What's he drinking? So I showed up to do my first security event, the next event. And I had my backpack with my fluids and I put them under the stage right steps. And I was like, all right, I'm ready to play full out. And I remember, you know, they put me on Tony and, you know, I'm falling around and they go, Luke, do you need a break? Luke, do you need a break? And they kept coming on. I'm like, what do I need a break for? It's day one. I just showed up like I'm fully ready. <laughs> and finally, after a while, Jay comes up, taps me on the shoulder and he goes, give me one good reason why you don't have to go to the bathroom. And I said, well, successfully he's clues. He hasn't peed. I'll pee when he pees. And he goes, well, actually, that's a pretty good answer. But if something goes wrong, we need your help. We can't have you saying that you need to go to the bathroom then. So go take an hour break and come back. So I ran to the bathroom, drank some fluids on the way there, ate a bar on the way back, came back like five minutes later. And Jay's like, no, I told you to go take a break. And I just said, well, you know, I didn't come here to take a break. I came here to serve. He's like, okay. And at the end of that event, Jay just said, we don't need to do it in a second event. You're on if you'd like, if you've enjoyed this and you'd like to do more of it. And he goes, but a question, would you like to do EPU? And I said, well, what's EPU? I crewed, they, <laughs> they offered me security. Now I'm doing security, you're offering me EPU. Does nobody want me here or what's going on? He goes, no, 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 it's, it's a good thing. EPU is executive protection unit. It's, you'll be with Tony and Sage from sunup to sundown, helping them you know, driving them, doing logistics, getting from here to there, safety, all these different things. And I said, well, I'm not trained in that. They go, well, you've got the right heart. You've got the right makeup. We'll train you. Then I did executive protection with Tony and Sage for about seven years. And seven uh, years. about now, 90... how, that's, that's okay. Hold on. We got to unpack that. Seven years. How many events a year? Somewhere between, you know, it varied from year to year, but probably between 70 to hundred days a year. And that is something that, are you getting paid for that? No, 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 no. You volunteer. Yes. Now, at a certain point, when does this start to impact your health club business or your speaking business or being a father, being a, a husband? I mean, does it or does it add on to? It adds on to it. I believe it's always how you look at things, right? Yeah. There's a positive and a negative side to everything you do in life. And 
and it goes, are you going out of, you know, abundance or scarcity yep. or grad or, or do you have the attitude of gratitude? And I was just grateful going, you know what I'm getting, you know, able to, you know, some people just labeled, Oh, he's just a security guard. Like I remember my mom looking at me, Luke, you've got your own business. You're making plenty of money. Like, why do you need to travel? Like, are you crazy? You know, she goes, you just can't travel the world, change lives. And you definitely can't do it volunteering. I said, mom, if I step up in my businesses, I become a better business owner and I become effective in that. Yes, I can. And, you know, one thing I did do when I did it is successfully clues. I took notes every single night. I debriefed every single night. What did I learn? How did Tony interact with people? What questions did he ask? How did he get ready? How did he prep? How did he treat people? How did he do all these different things? And every night and over those seven years, I got a PhD in success of life. What would you say is one of the biggest takeaways over those seven years of showing up 100 days a year serving him? Congruency. Congruency. Yes. And, and I've never met a more congruent man. You know, most people get on stage and when they step off stage, they're 10% of who they were when they're on the stage. Right. And one thing I can tell everybody that listens to this podcast is Tony Robbins is 10 times the man you think he is when he steps off the stage, the way he treats people. I just remember one of my early events, you know, we finished at a Chicago UPW and we're bringing him back to the hotel. You know, you bring him in the back of the hotel through the loading dock and he walks into the security room at this point on the end of day three at that night, it was like two and two, two thirty in the morning. And the guy had been on stage 17 hours, you know, he can barely, you know, he's leaning on everything because his body's just aching. And he walks in the security room, he's leaning on the doorknob and he just says, ma'am, how are you doing? What's your name? And I just remember him talking to this security woman running the backside of the hotel from the loading dock and just making her feel so special about herself when he was beat up beyond belief, couldn't really function. Most people would just be thinking, get me in bed. And I just remember leaving that night. And I remember, I remember specifically journaling about it and also doing an audio on it, that it's like, that's a man I can serve. That mm -hmm. when they're totally beat up, when they're totally dragged down and they treat somebody with such humility and such kindness at, you know, two 30 in the morning when you've been on stage 17 hours and it's a complete stranger, you know, I mean, that's, that's one of the most impactful moments for me, but just watching his congruency that it isn't a show. He really does what he says. I mean, he really is. I mean, it's crazy how on he is, you know, when people are out having a meal break or something, he's in meetings or taking a quick ice bath or cryotherapy to get back on stage that every moment of the day is effective, whether he's driving in a car and having a meeting or after the event debriefing on the way out. You know, it was just truly one of the greatest gifts of my life to watch one of the most influential people on our planet of our time to interact with people, to have business meetings, to how he gets ready for his events and puts on for his events, but just really how he shows up in life. Mm. What I love about that is that what you see is what you get. And I've heard Sage, his wife say, who you see on stage is he's even crazier off stage. In other <laughs> words, like this big, huge energy who wants to have fun and like go deep and play full out. She's like, he's crazier off stage. <laughs> and I've now been to what, seven or eight events just in the past 18 months. And I have three more scheduled this year. People ask me and I'm, I've got nothing on you in terms of what you've been doing, how you've been serving. I have crewed once, date with testing, I'll crew again. For me, it's the least I can do. It's a teeny tiny token 
of appreciation and gratitude to give back to a curriculum and a mission in a man who's fundamentally changed my life. Like I look at my life before and after date with destiny, you and I have talked about this and, and I mm-hmm. will say that for the rest of my life, it's a demarcation. That was it for me. When I show up, you know, I've had a few moments of connection with him and I've been in this spit zone and it's been a blessing. And I just think it's so electrifying, but what is so surprising that you can only really get in the rooms is when you see how he treats the plat circle, the lion circle, who are the people who've paid to be up front. There's no longer hopping over chairs like your early days to like get front row seats. Now you pay a premium and it's worth every penny on some level for some people because of the different standards, right? And proximity being power. Some of the most important, most meaningful people in my life are people that I've met in those rooms, including you and your wife, Katie. But what I was always surprised by is this consistency. He's just so genuine and so present. And I'm like, how is this dude present? I follow his Instagram. I know he was just on 17 flights in the last four days in four different countries and two different continents. And yet every moment feels like it's the newest only moment. That's what I have been so blown away by. Yes, you know, and, and, and there will always be critics of them out there. But, you know, the one thing that stands out to me is, you know, I know people that go hard for a year. You know, anybody right. can go hard for a year. I know people that have gone hard for five years in a business. I've done that. I've seen people go hard for a decade. But let me ask the, the, the listeners out there, how many of you know somebody that works harder 42 years in than when he did 42 years ago? So true. That truly, you know, after 42 years, he's still in momentum. He's exploded from, you know, three to 4,000 and now 15,000 just in the last five to six years. And his schedule this year is busier than last year. And he doesn't have to work anymore. And he chooses to work harder because of his passion to light people up and make a difference in people's lives and make the world a better place. Well, let's face it. Just when you look at the economics, I mean, there's not a ton of money in doing the live events. It costs a fortune. There's a whole crew. There's tons of logistics. There's venues and security and so much involved. And while everything is going online, this man has to show up. He has to see our faces because he is he's born to light us up right? To give us those two millimeter fundamental shifts and nothing turns his soul on more than witnessing that spark, that transformation. Woo! I mean, I'm just like remembering moments of my own where I dropped to my knees and just utter fucking gratitude because I knew that my life from that moment would never be the same. You know, people hear and see the hashtag life will never be the same. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Drinking Tony Kool-Aid. It's like, wait until you go to that room. And you give yourself to that event fully. You know, if you have a breakthrough and then you actually implement it, when you get out, your whole life will never be the same. It's incredible. Absolutely. Okay, so how do you go from serving like 100 days a year up to to then where you are now? Okay, well, uh, you know, a year came up where I met a girl I liked, now my wife, Katie. (laughs) And, And also my daughter, Faith, was in a transition year of being 13 years old, which is a very important year. And I just told them, you know, hey, I'll always serve in this environment. I love you guys. I love the mission. But this is one of those years that I need to go apply everything I've learned and known in this environment to people I know, love, and care about most in the world. And uh, spent a lot of time with Katie and spent a lot of time with my daughter and enjoyed a complete year off, which was really weird. And then uh, a year later, you know, which was really weird just not to have, you know, all these events going on. But really, my wife's from England, and I dated her all over the planet as we were traveling different places and spent quality time with my daughter, connecting with her, and no regrets about taking that year break. And then one day, you know, Katie just looked at me and said, you know, you're born to be on stage. You're born to light people up. And, and she goes, I know that you're missing serving in that culture. She goes, 
just get back to it. And I said, are you sure you don't mind the, the time? And she said, absolutely not. Like, go be you. You know, I That's called them up and said, one. Hey, I'd love to, I'd love to get back serving. Cause a lot of people over the, over the time, Michelle, and I hope that everybody listening to this really hears this and takes this back to your own life in some way is everybody asked me so many times, like, what are you getting from it? What are you getting from it? And I go, I can't really list it. Some of your greatest gifts are when you're least expecting them. And it's not truly serving something greater than yourself if you're worried about what you're getting. You know, that's something that is very fortunate. You know, I I have amazing parents and I grew up from a very young age going, you know, what you give, you shall receive. It's not what you give, you will receive immediately or whatever. But to truly serve isn't giving. It's not worrying about what you're going to get in return. It's just believing in something so much that you give yourself to it. And, you know, I've got so many great gifts out of that, out of that time serving as a security guy where everybody just lately, oh, he's just a security guy. But what they didn't realize is I was paying attention. I learned so many lessons and had so many insights and breakthroughs and things like that from being in that proximity and just serving without worrying about what is getting in return. And that's what I encourage everybody that listens to this podcast is what is something that you believe in so much that would help thousands, if not millions of people that you could just start serving? What if everyone on earth took one thing on? How much different could the world be, you know, in the next 10 years of people, not, not just what you, what you could do for yourself and those you love, but what, what's something in addition to that, that you could serve something much larger than yourself, not worrying about what you get in return. How would that change things around for people? And one thing I'll tell you is if you haven't done that and you do, it will change your perspective on life and it will give you more energy than you ever thought possible. It's so true. You know, Tony always talks about the distinction between the science of success and the art of fulfillment. And so many people know how to create success, but do they enjoy it? Can they be fulfilled? And then he has another great quote that I love, which is the secret to living is giving. And we talk about that on this show all the time. There's a hashtag right after mindset mashup, which is serve love. And I got that distinction at date with destiny, a Tony event, you know, which is like, I'm here to serve love and whatever capacity that is on a TV show, on a stage as a speaker in this podcast, serving you and your mission. And I do totally agree with you. It's like, it's not about what you're trying to get. It's what are you giving? How are you giving? Who do you need to be to give even more? And that's how you get 10X back. That's the big secret. Absolutely. You do it without any expectation and you just flood yourself with the gratitude. Life becomes so ultimately more fulfilling than you could have ever imagined. Absolutely. And so when I, when I finished that year, I, I got back to it. I remember my first event was back in San Jose and you know, it just felt so good to be back. And I remember that was the first big arena event that Tony had. And I remembered on his audios where he would always talk about, you know, I, and I went to Bruce Springsteen, there was thousands of fans in this arena, like 12 to 15,000 people. You know, that was the first event just to see the Joanna's face, to see him come out to, you know, literally like a Bruce Springsteen style event, but self-improvement. It's like Gerard Butler said once, he goes, Luke, this is like a rock concert but it's good for you. And it's four days long. <laughs> and there's no booze <laughs> and we're dancing like maniacs. Like it's a rave party at 9am. <laughs> Absolutely. Then it was after that event, all of a sudden my wife and I, well, my now wife, Katie and I, and my daughter, Faith, were down in Siesta Key checking this out as a place to live. And I got a call from, from Sage, Tony's wife. And she said, Hey Luke, do you speak? And I was like, yes. And she goes, Oh my gosh, Luke, we've been looking for people. Like, how come you never told us? And I was just oh. like, well, he never asked. <laughs> she goes, 
you know, because one of the things was, is I was always conscious to never distract them or ask them questions. They get that all the time, every day throughout other people. I truly wanted to be there to serve and make their life easier and allow them to focus on what they wanted to focus on. And she said, well, Luke, do you have a video that you could send us of you speaking? And I said, yeah, I just spoke to about 1500 people in Australia. I can send you that one. And she goes, oh, that'd be great. And I sent it over and, and, and I remember they said, you know, we just sat there going, you know, this guy's been beside us for almost a decade and we didn't even have a clue. Wow. And, and they go, that's the heart we want. That's and, right. Um, oh, move. And so that's like a mic drop right there. So they, they called me up and said, Hey, you know, Luke, would you be willing to do a working interview? And I said, absolutely. She's like, well, Luke, it's, it's not a for sure thing. Like if it works out great. I said, you know, Sage, don't worry. And if it doesn't work out, I'll just do security. And she goes, Oh, Luke, you're so funny. And I said, I'm dead serious. You know, and, and that's, to this day, to everybody listening to this, it isn't about speaking for Tony. I would be happy crewing the events, giving back to the to the mission, that a mission that's so much bigger, like Tony always says, even bigger than him, about just making the world a better place and helping people step into their greatness and lighting their soul on fire. You know, I, I don't care what role it is. It's just great to serve something larger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. So everything went good. That year, I, there was a Destiny Lounge before we switched to venues. When it used to be at the Waldorf Astoria, the max we could fit in a room was 1750. So Tony had 1,750 people in the big room. And then I had a room right next door to it with about 800 people. You know, they just said, hey, manage the state of that room. Make sure people are in peak state and enjoying it and, and kind of lead the room from the front when Tony's on and off and things like that. And it went really good. You know, I was waiting for the call after it to hear how it went. I remember Diane calling me and, and just saying, yeah, it went great. And I'm like, well, great. Tell me, you know, I'm an achiever. I was like, okay, what can I do better? No, no, no. They were really happy. Like, it's great. The seats were packed the whole time. Like, they were so excited. You know, would you be willing to be trained across the board and all the events? And I was like, absolutely. And I said, let me, you know. What were you thinking that- when you got that feedback? I mean, I realize there's more to this story, but come on. Like, what were you thinking or saying to yourself? This is your mentor, your idol, the man that you've been serving for 10 years that you never ever in a million years could have imagined that they would ask you to take his stages around the world. Yeah, you know, it was, it was funny. When I got that call, I was on the beach in Siesta Key down here for another week with my wife checking it out for a place to live. And it's, it's crazy. When I got the phone call, there was like this peace, you know, within me that it was just like you were expecting it, that you felt it was is going good. And it was just one of those gifts, one of those moments where it just felt right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I did say, Hey, I want to talk to my wife because I, I look at this. Some people have said, what an incredible opportunity. And I don't look at it like an opportunity. It's a responsibility, you know, because, you know, he's worked hard to build this brand for 42 years. You know, you got a responsibility to really deliver to these people. And I knew it would be a lot of time. So I wanted to make sure my family is behind me. And, and my wife was like, no, absolutely jump full in or my fiance at the time, Katie. And, and she goes, you know, jump full in, let's do this. And I really believe this is what you're meant for. And you're on stage. That's who you are. That's what you were built for. And, and so ever since that time, you know, it went really good and I took it serious. And if people ever knew the amount of time that I spend on prep work or, or my voice to maintain it when you're, when you're going for seven days straight or whatnot, physiology, I, also had, I also had the greatest, you know, mentor on the planet earth. And I watched him do it for seven years. So I had some insights that I would have never gotten had I not been that, that security guy. You know, everything kind of falls into place in life if we just give it time. Yes. And it was, just, it was just one of those times I never, you know, people go, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I never had the goal. I wanted to serve the mission. You know, I, I remember writing down in my Date with Destiny journal, you know, that I wanted to serve Tony Robbins on a higher level. 
but I never defined exactly what that was because I would be fine wherever it was as long as I was serving at a higher level than I currently was. You know, it's just been beautiful ever since. And, you know, it's been incredible to meet so many amazing people from all over the world. And now, you know, I run a lot of the life and wealth masteries, the majority of them, and I uh, have helped a little bit at Date with Destiny and Business Mastery here and there. But um, people always go, well, what, what's going to be in the future? And I said, I don't really know. And I don't really care. I'll just worry about what I'm doing right now. Right. And it's such a beautiful thing. And to give perspective for those listening, I have been in dinner circles and conversations at these live events where I've witnessed people meet you, Luke, and be like, oh my God, you were, you know, my guy at Life and Wealth Mastery. Like you changed my life. You inspired me. I'm making changes, you know, and they just, they love you. I mean, and that, cause that's a, it could be for some, a super intimidating act to follow you know, a man like Tony Robbins and it's his event, right? You're not just following him. It's his baby, but yet people love you and you add so much value to lives. And I want to share because we're coming toward the end of this conversation, but we're going to have Luke back on for sure. And I want to have Katie on too, your wife, because she's another badass entrepreneur in her own right. (laughs) Yes, she is. And lighting women up around the world. And I am all for that. And I think I shared this when I came back from emceeing the biohacking upgrade labs conference just about a month ago with Dave Asprey and Ariana Huffington and all the big, you know, health and wellness experts. And Luke had attended that. And what I didn't know is how instrumental you would be, Luke, on helping prep me. You know, because it was, you know, they gave me complete autonomy. Like they didn't ask for bullet points or even talking points or even like, hey, what's a general theme of how you're gonna open? They just completely trusted me. But you were there with me the night before in the hotel lobby. And you're like, well, what about this? And what about that? And I took your nuggets and I ran with it. And I truly believe if you weren't there to like anchor in moments, like the leap of faith off the three-store scaffolding you know, on the top of the Hilton in Beverly Hills or dinners or our sidebar dialogues or getting to see you front row and seeing your big beaming smile. Because I said to, I said to Luke, you guys, just please, the first day, just give me a massive grin like you're four years old. Like every time I look down, just so I have one person that's smiling. And uh, you changed everything for me. That was a big event for me. And I want to thank you publicly, but I do believe I said it here on this show when I came home and I recapped that event, some massive nuggets of gratitude. But you've been completely instrumental for me throughout our friendship. We have meals together as he's coming through LA, going back home or going to Fiji or whatever event you're doing. So I just want to just really say thank you because you have been a very big inspo for me, not only your loving relationship, but who you are in the world and how you serve. That's the thing that I want everyone to hear. Yes, there's unbelievable mindset, must, and perspective and teachings and tools and actionable steps that he's dropped along this conversation. But at the heart of who you are is you are a servant-minded soul. And that's what Tony and Sage recognize. That's what all the people that I know we have in common recognize. And that's what I have no doubt my listeners will recognize. So I want to share where you are now and then a really cool opportunity for my listeners that's exclusive to them as a gift from you because you can't help yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Well, thank you, first off, Michelle, for the credit, but awesome. Those of you that were at the biohacking event know that she just crushed it. And Aww. you know, I'm glad that I could have any part of that, but you absolutely did an amazing job there. So would, people would have thought that it wasn't your first event, that it was like your hundredth one. So I, th- I think you're going to get more and more asks to do things like <laughs> that. Stages are going to grow for you as well. Greatly appreciate you as a friend as well to push one each other back and forth. You know, the, the one thing that I would point out to people is like you touched on the servant's heart Mm -hmm. is 
one thing that I say when I go on to stage or whenever I'm talking to somebody is, is to just look them in the eyes and just think, I love you. I'm here for you. You're in the right place. Mm-hmm. We're in a world of chaos and uncertainty right now. And if there's one thing you take from this podcast, aside from serving something larger than yourself is what if we started with love instead of all of us chasing love, if you looked at your wheel of life, and there was a circle right in the dead center of it. Instead of thinking we have to grow these seven, eight, or 10 categories, however many you put on your circle of life. And we all started with love. What a different place we live in with social media and all the different things out there. People comparing themselves, having to go in public and put these different masks on and think they got to be something to truly be loved or love themselves. And what if we just started there? And, you know, that's even been a journey for me over time thinking, you know, growing up thinking, oh gosh, if I achieve this and I do this and I do that and I've got caught in that. But now, you know, as you grow and you go on your journey, the one thing that I've realized is if you start with love, everything becomes easier and a lot of your fears go away. The faith word and fear can't coexist, right? And so that's one thing I challenge everybody is just let your mask down, be real, be authentic, you know, vulnerability is the ultimate strength. And if you just realize that, Love's at the center of it. You don't have to do shit to be loved. That you're loved unconditionally no matter what your entire life. It gives you a level of presence that most people earn for. And you'll find you're attracting more into your life because you're, you can't give what you don't have. So know that you're more than enough. Know that love is where everything starts. You don't have to get there. And you know, make it about other people when you're meeting them because you already love yourself that you'll exude love. And people will feel feel that. And that's what's missing in the world is the presence. You know, it doesn't take a natural disaster. I was, I remember I was at church one weekend and they said after the hurricane down here, you know, it's interesting when a hurricane or natural disaster comes that we all get back to being real. It doesn't matter how much money you have with your broker, a billionaire, the hurricane doesn't care what color your skin is, what political affiliation, the hurricane doesn't care. And it said, what if it didn't take a natural disaster for people just to treat people like people? right? Without any boundaries. And that's the whole thing I hope people take from this. You know, it's not about what I do or what I've done, but go serve. And number one, love yourself because it empowers you to go love other people. And just try it this week as you talk to people, just think, I love you. I'm here for you. You're in the right place. And I never know a lot of times when I get on stage, what I'm going to say, I mean, I prep and everything for it, but I read the room and I feel the people and I make eye contact with them. And I, and I truly say to myself over and over and over again, I love you. I'm here for you. And you're in the right place. And without fail, every time before I go on stage, I pray to God and I just say, you know, please give me the strength, the wisdom, the words, whatever it takes to help these people learn more, do more, become more, serve more and step into their greatness and their purpose. That's so beautiful. I love you. I'm here for you. And you're in the right place. Yes. That's beautiful. Oh my! So I know I might've went over on time with that, but that's something I really wanted to hit that came up when you were talking. Oh, it's so beautiful. Are you kidding? That is a way to bring it home. So speaking of being home, there's two things that we need to cover. Three, actually. So the first is, what are your rituals and routines? How do you start your day or how do you end your day with your must? Absolutely. Every day I wake up, the first thing I do when I wake up is I just do vital breathing in my bed or box breathing. Vital breathing is a, is a pattern of one, four, two. So like it's inhale eight, hold 32 and exhale 16, and I'll just do deep diaphragmatic breathing like that, or box breathing, inhale four, hold four, exhale four, hold four, and and back and forth. And I'll alter between those two and just think about what I'm grateful for. And, Mm. you know, I used to limit it to three things. And now I just, 
as I'm breathing, I think about what I'm grateful for because why limit it to three things? There's so many things to be grateful for in life, even on our worst day. You know, I mean, I, I've had days where I've had to, you know, my daughter had heart surgery at seven years old and mm. I had to hold her as she went limp in my arms and lay her on a surgical metal table. Even in that day, I could find the things I'm grateful for. You know, that we were two hours away from one of the best hospitals in the world, that it gave me perspective that life should never be taken for granted, that the only thing you have in the most adverse times is your faith and so many things. And if I could find the, the blessings and the gratitude in that day, like, why limit it to three every day? So I do that. And then immediately when I get up, I go and rebound, you know, on the mini trampoline and, and rebound. And I'm actually launching a new company with a couple of partners with a rebounder as well. And then after that, my morning will adjust based on timing and when my first appointment is to do my priming, my meditation and, and new calm device and my workout. There are some other things, but those are the, the three that start it, the three that I make sure I get in. And then at the end of the day, is I just really try and shut down the last half hour to 60 minutes. And again, just shut off electronics. You know, I put on my, now I put on my Dave Asprey. I don't have him sitting right here, my Dave Asprey to let your body know it's time to shut down. And I try to do some reading, connect with my wife. And just before I go to bed, just think about what was great about the day and look at what's ahead tomorrow. That's because awesome. Because I think oftentimes it's so easy to get lost in life that everything's so busy now that we don't celebrate, forget about what you did wrong in the day. Build your confidence before you go to bed so you remember this. What went really great today? What am I right. grateful for today? And flood your body with all the gratitude for what went right that day. Look at tomorrow. What's ahead? What are the vital three to five to thrive? I don't look stress about the whole schedule. What are those three to five things to thrive tomorrow? And then, you know, just end it with the same way I started it with gratitude because I believe when we trade our expectations for appreciation and we're just truly grateful for everything, whether it's good or bad in our life, and we attach great meaning to it, that that's what changes our perspective on the world. And when your perspective changes, everything changes. Couldn't agree more. That's so beautifully said. I love your routines. Oh my God, I don't know how you have time to work. By the way, how many days are you on the road doing all of these Tony events and other speaking events? <laughs> right. This is um, a big question because it's a big deal and why your rituals and routines are actually critical for your health. Well, just with Life and Wealth Mastery, seven of them this year, you know, it's it's four days of travel, two Fiji, two home. I'm there two days early to prep. So you got six travel days. You're on stage seven days. So you're gone, you know, 13 days times seven events. So it's roughly two full months counting seven days a week. So roughly 60 days on stage for Life and Wealth Mastery or prepping for it. And how long does it take you to get travel. from actual travel time from Florida to Fiji? You told me these hours yeah. and I was blown yeah. away. Yeah depending on layovers and how the flights match up, that's the key to it is anywhere from about 28 to 38 hours. Yeah. So this um, is like, depending on when the layovers are, but a lot of them are double red eyes to get home. Jesus, this is commit. This is commitment. <laughs> okay. So you may or may not be aware, but I ask every single podcast guest how they define fulfillment. How do you experience it? How do I experience fulfillment? I think when we can get outside ourselves and realize that we're only in the world for a short period of time and we can serve something larger than ourselves. Like people often ask me, you know, what is my goal in life? And, you know, on my last day, on my last breath to just know the world's a better place because I was here that, you know, what we get lasts a while, what we give lasts forever. That's so true. I just simply, you know, before I go to bed at night, I look myself in the mirror and I ask myself, did I give my best? I don't care what a heart rate monitor says. I don't care what anybody else says. 
There's nothing that can measure your best. And if you didn't give your best, be forgiving to yourself and realize none of us are perfect. And if you did give your best, smile at yourself, say, I love you. And, you know, either way, smile at yourself, say, I love you and go to bed. And, you know, either forgive yourself or celebrate, go to bed and wake up the next day and give your best again, because your best can never be measured. I hear today, so many people, you know, struggling with sleep. And I'm like, you want to go to bed exhausted. Don't leave anything on the table. Don't hold back. You were all built for greatness. We were all put here for a purpose. So I'd encourage everybody, you know, to step into your greatness and just ask yourself at the end of every day, regardless of what your routine is, did I give it my best? Am I exhausted? Mm. And what a great feeling it is to go to bed knowing that you gave life everything you have every day, because every day is a gift. We never know when the last one will be. That is absolutely true. Now, this is not the end of the conversation, you guys. You can all engage with Luke. Obviously, I'll put all of his social handles in the show notes. But Luke, you're starting a monthly coaching program this month. By the time this episode airs, it'll be the following month. But you told me before we hit record, you got something really special you want to (laughs) offer my listeners. So I want you to share about that right now. Yes. Why I created the group was, you know, so many people reach out for coaching and I only coach a handful of high level people and uh, I'm not cheap. <laughs> so I have a wait list, but I wanted to really, you know, utilize technology to add value to people at such a ridiculous rate that it would add so much value to them. So all the listeners will get in at my founder's rate in my monthly coaching program. That's normally $97 a month. And uh, they'll get in at my very the lowest price ever offered $47 a month. They don't get charged anything extra for courses, everything digitally audio, Anything I ever do will be in that group. There will never be an upsell of any product or content. Even if I hold masterminds or seminars, all the recordings will be in that group live for them. And then I also go live on Facebook every day in the group with just nuggets and distinctions of the day, do Q&A live each week. But if they're interested in that, they can go to LukeRen, W-R-E-N, results.com. And it tells you a little bit more about it there. And, And if you're somebody that would like to stay in touch and take things to the next level, I'd be honored to have you. And, and my guarantee to you is I'll take all the risk. I'll guarantee a 10 times money back guarantee that if you don't receive 10 times the value that you pay monthly at $47 a month, that I'll just simply refund your money. That uh, no is an irresistible offer, my friends. So we'll make sure that that is up in the show notes as well, that are, there'll be a coupon code for you when this does come out. That's obviously the most insane thing ever. I've been to the website, I've seen what he's offering and it's unheard of, but it really shows once again, that service mindset of wanting to give back and reach more people and go further faster. And it's such a like-minded community. So that's why I don't know if we've ever had anyone else share about their masterminds or their online group coachings because I offer that. But I was like, you know what? I got to give it to Luke because you are so special and I want as many people to have access to you as are feeling drawn. So do not hesitate. Make sure you check all that out in the show notes. My friend, it is always such a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for eating big amounts of ice cream with me every time you come to town, even though you're not going to. That really shows what a service mindset you are. Michelle knows my one weakness. My my favorite zag is ice cream. <laughs> and it's hilarious because the last time Luke came through, which was just this past weekend, he was like, okay, but listen, I've just come off of life and wealth. I've been doing like colonics and, and green drinks for like seven days or whatever. He's like, I'm really clean right now. I'm like, okay, yeah. So I'm going to order the hot fudge sundae. <laughs> he's like, I'm not, I'm not. I was so bad. Anyway, but kudos to you for being so service oriented that you had a few bites. <laughs> anyway, 
right. You um, are awesome, my friend. You rock. And I'm so excited for all that you're doing and all the people that you're serving. And I know you're just getting started taking many other stages around the world. I can't wait to just continue to bear witness to your rise because you are soaring, my friend. Awesome. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's been an honor and a blessing to be on this podcast with you. Greatly appreciate you as a friend and and, uh, and a peer that we just push one another to higher heights and uh, look forward to the future. Thank you so much for everybody that listened. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend and you can head on over to iTunes to leave me a review. That would be so appreciated. And of course, if you'd like to reach me directly with any comments, questions, or feedback, you can do so at themindsetmashup.com. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.